Zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen upon me. Psalm 69, verse 9. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, please bless my preaching to bring light and knowledge of the mystery of the crucifixion of your Son to build us up in our faith in your gospel. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This year I want to uh, approach the cross of Christ from a rather unusual angle, namely um, the popularity of vigilante justice movies. I'm sure you've seen some. They, uh, they do very well in the box office, whether it's uh, Keanu Reeves or Denzel Washington as or Liam Neeson as the lead man, someone who goes down to hunt down the bad guys to vindicate the innocent uh, and bring vigilante justice. We have a deep longing to see these things take place, the innocent defended, the wicked finally getting what's coming to them. And I think these movies, um, our, 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 our desire for these movies, reveals in a sort of fuzzy uh, and incomplete way our longing for the gospel of Christ crucified. Because in reality, God is the great justice bringer. He is the one who received a body prepared for him. That's the, what Hebrews pulls out of the psalm, is that it's the pre-incarnate Christ, God the Son, saying, a body you have prepared for me. That he can unite himself with our human nature to die on the cross, to come down to earth, to rescue his child. And as the new Israel, we are called the child of God, to rescue his child from the bad guys rescue us from sin and death and the demons and the dominion of Satan and eternal fire. He has come to bring justice. But there's a twist, and this is why I say I'm longing for the film, those types of films, is sort of an incomplete part of the story when it comes to the gospel, because Christ doesn't bring justice by beating up someone else, which is sort of the big payoff finale scene in those movies, right? He does it by letting himself get beaten up and crucified, which sort of problematizes this picture. How is this the action of the justice bringer to get beaten up? Well, here's the twist is because we, of course, are not only the rescued victim, we are also on the side of the bad guys. We have met the enemy and he is us, as the witty journalist once remarked. On the one hand, we are victims of the evil of others, but on the other hand, we, each one of us, is perpetrators of sins against Almighty God as well. So the justice bringer can't just simply beat the tar out of the bad guy because he would be wounding the very one he has come to save. He'd be punishing the one who he's come to rescue, which would be us. So what does he do? He stands in our place, taking both roles. He stands in our place as the bad guy. That's a 21st century paraphrase of, he was numbered among the transgressors. And out of his great love for us, God the Son makes satisfaction for our sins to God the Father. The justice bringer turns out to also be the recipient of God's judgment. This is the paradox of the cross. And it explains why 
if you, I assume for most of you, this is not your first commemoration of Good Friday. In fact, I know that's the case for all of you, um, except maybe one brother I don't know well. But for most of you, why there's this sort of push-pull? Do you feel it too with Good Friday, with the Stations of the Cross earlier, with the lessons today? This is the explanation of the push-pull, because as one of the bad guys, we see that it was our actions that led this to happening to the innocent Son of God. Because we sinned, he had to suffer. But then we pull in the other direction. That's, that brings us something like remorse and, and pain. But in the other direction, we have just joy and gladness that the great justice bringer has come to rescue us and that we're brought into his family. And so it's this kind of pushing and pulling of the affections. I feel like every year, like different things kind of twist and emphasize. But both are there because both are true. That he would do this for us. It strikes me that this um, verse from the Psalms, his zeal, the zeal for your house has consumed me. It's quoted by the gospel writers, right, when the Lord flips, cleanses the temple. But consumed is a very strong word. It's not zeal for your house animates me. Right? Zeal for your house consumes, take, immolates, destroys. That his zeal for the house, and I think here the image is household. Zeal for his household, us, for zeal for his household, he has allowed himself to be consumed. Zeal for your house consumes me. Zeal for your house consumes me. It strikes me that the tenderest collect in the whole Book of Common Prayer is placed for Good Friday. Have mercy upon this, your family. He allowed himself to be consumed. The justice bringer is also the justice receiver. And that's why he can give justice, the other biblical word for which is righteousness, to all those who come to him by faith. And we have different cries out to the Lord by faith, right? Jesus, save me. That's the cry of one who is in need of rescue, right? In the movie image, the, the, the innocent victim. Re Re Jesus, rescue me. But we also pray, Jesus, forgive me, because we're also on the side of the bad guys. These two prayers are folded into one with that great biblical word, mercy. Jesus, mercy. Jesus, we need mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. When we cry this prayer, when we pray this prayer, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Amen. Amen.